Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. We are here recording episode number 98, and today we are going to be talking about, is the U.S. really free? Is it as free as we say it is? And what other countries are the most free in the world? So this episode is just for you if you're curious, how do, uh, not really Jared and I, but how do different companies and places measure the freest countries in the world and which countries are those. And maybe you can adapt some of those things into your own daily life to give yourself a little slice of freedom that you can enjoy. So without further ado, my good buddy, Jared. What's going on, Jared? Hello. I feel free, free as a bird, but that might just be because I'm unemployed. But first, please, everyone, (laughs) spread a little love. Follow us on uh, Instagram. You could see Chad's adorable basset hound on his chest. Uh, follow us on um, Twitter, Untranslatable1. The number, did I say our Instagram? Untranslatable Podcast. Obviously, type that in. You'll find it. Uh, Twitter, Untranslatable1, the number one. Uh, you can check out the Song of the Pod. That'll take you straight to the Song of the Pod playlist. Or you can see, go there to get the episodes. I post the links for Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, YouTube. But we're everywhere. Just pull up your podcast thingy, type in our name, and we'll come up. And if we don't, email us, untranslatablepodcast.gmail.com, and I'll make sure we're there within the day. I don't know how long it takes, but uh, it sounds good <laughs> when I say it that way. Or if you are feeling, if you have some free time and you're feeling free, spread a little love. And give us those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. We would really appreciate it. Uh, we know you're listening. We also know you're not giving us five-star reviews. So what are you doing? It's so easy. (laughs) Especially if you have an iPhone, just scroll down a little bit, hit the little five thing there. If you're welcome to write something, too, that would be even better. But you don't even have to do that, really. But it would be better. So, you know, just come on. Spread a little love. Come on. Uh, Have you been going to more of those those concerts there in Khomatov? So I was misguided. Mm. So it turns out that... The concerts begin again, uh, I believe, tonight and tomorrow. So I will be going tomorrow. I may mosey on over tonight to see what's going on. But here's the thing. So there are advertised concerts on the website, on the program. But there are also random like pop-up events that I could not find anywhere that I think are loosely associated with Otevreno, which is Czech for Open, which is the name of this little festival in Komutov. Um, So yeah, but I have to tell you, man, it is so amazing. We're recording a bit earlier today for mm-hmm. various reasons. The sun is shining. I'm in a great mood. And, Me too, uh, man. And we, we hope the uh, the good vibes and the spreading the love will permutate uh, and, and radiate through your speakers into your ears and your brains and make all of you smile out there. Do you feel uh, it? Starting off real love. cheesy. That's right. <laughs> and I also want to give a very, very early shout out. Uh, I noticed, Jared, I was scrolling through our Instagram, and as I was scrolling, first of all, I saw that picture. That picture was fantastic. Thank you for posting that. Mm-hmm. And number two, I don't know if you noticed this, but we got a new follow from Basset Hound Breeds on Instagram. I saw that. <laughs> which was awesome. I was super pumped about that. And I just want to mention, you know, um, check out you our Instagram. On tr- uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, um and I just want to mention, though, Jared posted that photo of uh, Prudence, uh, my parents' dog, on my chest. And let's be honest, man. People say they like to work out, you know, look good naked, be strong. Bro, it's so I can pick up dogs, put them on my chest, and be comfy <laughs> on the couch. That's why I work out right there. I mean, from what I've heard, that's the ultimate lady picking up magnet. Not muscles and all that stuff, but having a uh, having an adorable dog like you do. 
I'm surprised there aren't social experiments on YouTube where you have like a guy with a super aesthetic bod walking around shirtless in a park and then a dude with a puppy because I would be willing to bet my bottom dollar the dude with the puppy gets all the numbers. I'm sure there is. Uh, I'm sure there's like some like social experiment puppy thing on YouTube for sure. But I'm saying that experiment with the jack dude and the dude with the puppy... I'm going to put my money on the dude with a puppy. Just saying. I typed in picking up girls with dog versus buff guy. Spelled wrong also. <laughs> and the second second thing on there is picking up girls with a Ferrari versus a puppy experiment. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of those. Picking up girls, pig versus dog. Picking up girls with Ferrari versus with monkey. There's all Interesting. There's all okay. The, uh, it's, it's ridiculous on these YouTube streets. But not on and the untranslatable podcast page. That, that's true. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I feel like that Ferrari versus puppy is you and I in a nutshell. I feel like <laughs> if it was flipped and, like, a girl was trying to pick us up. I mean, yeah, I think Ferraris are cool. But you appreciate them and care about them so much more than I do because mm-hmm. you know about them. Right. I don't really know anything about a Ferrari besides they're expensive it, they're fast. I think they're right. fast, right? And no, that's yeah, about for it. Sure. And they're Italian, right? <laughs> um, whereas if a girl had a puppy, I'm sorry, but game over. Game over. For uh, me, at least. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't... I, I don't think that cool cars are the best way to pick up girls, though. So, like, if I were if I were in that social experiment, I would have my money on the puppy over the car. Oh, but for sure. if we were walking down the street and there was a Ferrari and then this adorable dog, I would beeline it towards that Ferrari and you would beeline it towards that I could see you and I exactly beelining to the complete <laughs> other direction. Totally. That's very, very true. Oh but my yeah, gosh. but anyways, um, yeah, things have been going good. Uh, dude, I've realized uh, I'm done teaching for this week, have tomorrow off. So I'm debating if I am going to be lazy and just relax around here uh, or I may try to make a little day trip somewhere. But we'll see. That's right. That's right. Um, there's this one place that's been on my list. I talked about it during um, that short little spring break that I had. Not really spring break, but those couple days, that long weekend I had. I was going to go to uh, Locket, which is Czech for elbow. And it's called elbow because the, the I believe the river makes like it looks like an elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this really, really beautiful historical Czech town. It's about an hour and a half train ride. So if if I get up early enough... I may end up doing that because I'd like to come back and, and also be able to see the concert and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might be kind of cool. And I've realized, though, I have four weeks left of teaching and four weeks and some change uh, here in the Czech Republic, which blows my mind. Do you have a, a, a bucket list, a Czech bucket list that you're like, man, I can't believe I, ha- believe I haven't done this yet. Or before I go, I got to make sure I eat this or something. I don't know. Well, for me now, it's it's really enjoying and relishing in the things I already know I like. Mm. So I mm-hmm. love Svichkova, traditional Czech dish. All of our Czech listeners out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Also, pickled hermeline cheese is amazing, especially with some really good uh, bread. Which I never some... got while we were there. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 made, we made a couple faux pas. We're going to need to do mm-hmm. a Czech Republic 2.0 at some point. Okay. Um, I mean, we didn't even go to the castle in Prague, which is like kind of a... Huge thing that almost everybody does, but you know we were doing that alternative. Is that the one we took the picture from across the? uh, Yeah, that was behind us when we took that selfie the first day. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, but just basically enjoying the things that um, that to me are are Czech. So good Czech beer from the tap. 
Uh, definitely going to enjoy some of those while I'm still here. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> right. <laughs> Many fregista. Um, definitely enjoy some of those. Uh, then we also have the Alum Lake here, which is the, if I remember correctly, it's the only remaining Alum Lake in the world. And Alum is basically, it's like a, like a chemical that um, is, it's naturally produced in the lake and it has healing properties. So I'm planning mm. on going to the lake. Sadly, hockey season's over, so no more Pirati games. And sadly, they have been relegated to the second league, so that's kind right. of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, have to go back to Chikarna, the pub I took you and Don to. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely have to go there. Otherwise, just enjoy the time I have with the people here that I've grown to love. As cheesy yeah. as that sounds, it's true. That was very cheesy, but I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so... So yeah, but anyways, man, enough about me. Uh, anything new and exciting on your end of the uh, your end of things? Uh, no, really, no. I can't think of anything. I went to a um, award ceremony yesterday. My uh, lady friend, she works for the Arts and Business Council of the Chamber of Commerce, and that's fun, just because it's a place for free food and uh, free drink. But uh, it's also it's also kind of weird being there because I'm just like I'm just here like I don't it's not that I was boring or anything but it's like I don't really care what's happening. Here. <laughs> but they, Tell it, us it, how you really feel, Jared. It was a surprisingly um, interesting uh, like award ceremony. It wasn't boring, which was lucky. And then they had like a live performance thing, and it was called Global Village. Okay. And it was this weird thing where. Um, they say it's the only show where the uh, audience is the headliner. So what they do, they weren't on a stage or anything. They were kind of just in. We were in like this sort of area, you know, outside of a theater. And, uh, you know, before you go into the actual auditorium area. And they were just sitting down and walking around in this little area. They put out these two rugs. And uh, they just hand mics around to people. And they're allowed to like freestyle. and uh, Really? And uh, add their own little song to the uh, to the mix. Okay. And then they would have like um, some general songs that they'd go back to. And, um, and uh, that was cool to see. It was an interesting concept. I feel like as uh, um, someone that would love to be a performer of some sorts, giving up the microphone like that was hard, would be hard for me to do. Sure. But I like the, the concept of what they're doing. And it makes perfect sense for... Um, for something like this, it's a great way to get the like the people involved. I was actually surprised. Some of the people I was like looking, I was like, "Is this one of the people in the thing, or someone just singing?" Because there were some pretty good audience members, and I was I was impressed. It was cool. You didn't but, uh, bust out the untranslatable theme song, huh? No, but <laughs> but um, uh, so I went to another one of these things. It was something different. It was just like a presentation about uh, innovation in business or whatever. And they they give like little name tags, and you have to put the business that you work for and as i've mentioned i think once or twice i'm unemployed so i put untranslatable podcast on there yes yes i got one yesterday that's an untranslatable podcast in my name on it and after the thing i took it off and i just stamped it somewhere on the upenn campus so uh, we're getting some hopefully no one has ripped that off and they're looking like huh a podcast (laughs) i was going to ask you if you plugged if you plugged during the during the event no i'm not trying to embarrass my uh my lady friend talking about my uh dinky podcast but um i do i I do wear the uh the name tag loud and proud as you should jared Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. eventually eventually my man i want to i think if possible before i go to my next destination i want to see if we can swing getting our logo on a t-shirt I mean, we could easily make it happen. Because that would be I, dope. I would love to have an Untranslatable Podcast t-shirt and rock that. Yeah. Yeah. We could definitely make that happen. I've actually looked into it. I just haven't done it. Uh, but I, yeah, we can make that happen for sure. That'd and be pretty sweet. And maybe if uh, some people are uh, d- 
do right by us and spread a little love. We can uh, spread a little T-shirts out there oh, to people yeah. that uh, spread a little love. That would be cool. I mean, look, man, there is nothing better than getting a free T-shirt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Other I have than free pizza. Free pizza is also pretty solid. I think that's close. Free pizza is good because who doesn't love pizza? But the thing about the T-shirt is it lasts way longer than the pizza. That's true. Unless you ration your pizza very carefully. What, for years? <laughs> <laughs> then that same pizza that you enjoyed is going to kill you. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, speaking of been, spreading yeah, a little love, though, I was Jared. Say, this has been a love fest. Spread a little love. Let's keep it going. Let's keep Maybe it going. it's the sunshine, man. I've just... I've been in a great mood all day, and I have no, like, substantial change in, like, news or, or anything, but I think it's this beautiful sunshine. Maybe. You Maybe. Know, it, it makes a difference. Well, Jared, how about you get us started? I'm curious to see uh, what kind of love you'll be spreading. So, I always thought this was a myth, but apparently it's not. We've always heard about Sweden and how it's like, oh, they, or, or like, it's it's been any of the three uh, up there, Sweden, Finland, and Norway. I've heard it from all of them, but it turns out Sweden actually does this. You've always heard someone in America say like, uh, oh, Sweden, uh, they're so green that they import trash in. And when I heard that, I'm like, why? What's the, what, what's the point of doing this? And now I know. I have the answer. So uh, Sweden's recycling is so revolutionary. The country has run out. All right, yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, the country has run out of uh, trash. Um, and so Sweden is so good at recycling that for several years it has imported rubbish. This is from the Independent, which is a British publication. That's why they're saying things like rubbish from other countries to keep uh, its recycling plants going, and that's why they do it. So they have these recycling plants that I guess are underutilized, and so if they're not using them, it's kind of just a waste of money to have big machinery there not being used. So um, less than 1% of Swedish household waste was sent to landfill last year or any year since 2011. Less than 1%? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just thinking about my house. Like, I'd say it's a, as far as recycling versus um, trash, it's probably 70-30. And I'm probably doing better than the vast majority of Americans. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. Probably. We can only dream of oh, – well, once again, this is British, so bear with me when I say all this we in, in the UK. We can only dream of such an effective system in the UK. Oh, hold on. We can only dream of such an effective system in the UK, which is why we end up paying expensive transport costs to send rubbish to be recycled overseas rather than paying fines uh, to send it to landfill under the landfill tax of 1996. Uh, the UK has made strides in the proportion – of waste recycled under the EU target of 50% uh, by 2020. This has underpinned hundreds of millions of pounds of investment, of quid of investment, <laughs> uh, into recycling facilities and energy recovery plants in the UK. So, um, yeah, that's basically it. But there's one quote I did want to read, and it's, uh, Swedish people are quite keen... Oh, excuse me. Eh, whatever. Swedish people are quite keen... Um, uh, being out in nature, and they're aware uh, of what we need to do on nature and environmental issues. We, work, we worked on communications for a long time to make people uh, aware of to not throw things outdoors so we can recycle and reuse. Dude, this hit hard here for, hard for me here in Philadelphia because this is one of the dirtiest cities I've ever been in in my life. And it's aggravating, not not just witnessing it in the street, but even like um, 
even like uh like one time many many months ago i took a picture like sometimes when people uh like on trash day people in the city don't have garbage canceled they literally just throw trash bags out on the street and every now and again you'll see trash bags to get like ripped open and trash just flies out of it Ooh. and I, I took a picture of one and there was like a recycling bin next to this trash bag that was ripped open and i was like well at least they recycle um Jeez. But, um in addition to that, like I just see, and this happens in cities like New York too. I just often see, and I when I say often, I'm not even exaggerating. I just saw it the other day in my car. I just see people like throw shit out their windows and stuff, or people just walking down the street like unpeeling wrappers and just dropping it on the ground. And I'm, it makes me so mad. Yeah, I don't uh, get that. And um, I'm interested to know how are you guys in Sweden? They're educating your people not to do that because I see it all the time. And it bothers me, and I, I don't know what, do you, what, what am I going to do about it. Sometimes I feel, but also, it's not good to have that mentality about anything. I think I, I'm sure there's right. something I could do. Right, but well, let me tell you one thing before I go into my uh, first shout out. I think it's because they care in Sweden. They just care. That's yeah. that's really all it is. I think if you legitimately care about the environment, you are going to do things to take care of it. But the Whereas lady that think that. The lady that says this uh, is uh, the director of communications for some waste management company in Sweden. Mm -hmm. And she talks about how there was like they put the effort into making people aware of this. Like it's not like they don't it's not like there's not a part taken on these companies or like the government to make this a thing, you know, which which is how it should be. Oh, for sure. No, I agree. I, I agree. And uh, riding on your coattails today, Jared, my first shout out goes out to a uh, 70-year-old woman named Pat Smith, uh, who has made a huge contribution to cleaning up plastic pollution uh, on beaches. And she has cleaned 52 beaches in 2018 to help our planet. Man, where is she? Is she traveling around? The, like, the, you always the ask the golden world? questions that I never have the answer to. <laughs> um, but That's crazy, though. Ba basically, yeah, it says, and I, I really, one thing is, is they say one woman from the United Kingdom, Pat Smith, who lives in Cornwall, has made huge contributions to tackle it, it meaning the, the pollution or, or um, littering, plastic, that kind of thing. Pat Smith is a grandmother who is 70 years old. She watched a documentary on plastic pollution, which really unsettled her. So she challenged herself to go out there and clean up one beach every week. What's mm. great, though, is she led the charge and fellow townspeople warmly took to the idea and supported her. She took along her grandchildren and eager volunteers and accomplished what she set out to do. Um, the whole team cleared 52 beaches in Cornwall in just one year. However, this is not all there is to her story. She's still going strong to make our planet a better world to live in. So she's continuing to clean up beaches. Um, and I think it's really great. And I think if everybody took even just one weekend a month and did something like this, it would be amazing how much we could accomplish. Oh, for sure. And I think that is actually exactly what I was getting at. A second ago, I was saying, but what can I do? And it's like, well, she's just one person too, but the fact that she started it uh, got a bunch of people to follow suit and help mm -hmm. her out. Where it's like, yeah, she's just one person, but now she's no longer doing it by herself. Exactly. And what's amazing about her, about uh, Pat Smith, is she is now launching an initiative called The Final Straw. And this campaign is aimed at raising awareness, I know, right? <laughs> awareness about the harm of generic plastic straws. 
Uh, she hoped to make a significant uh, difference in making the planet get rid of plastic straws. Um, so yeah, mm. and the goal is, uh, on top of that, I guess one of the goals is by 2048 um, to have a plastic empty ocean. I don't think this is her goal. I think this is um, a goal of, I believe, some different environmental groups. Um, but that would be amazing. By 2048, have an empty ocean rid of plastic. That would really be something. It's not possible, but that would be great. It's, I don't think yeah. it's. I don't think it's possible. But I mean, I that doesn't mean do you should, it. That doesn't mean you shouldn't make efforts to make it better. But I don't think that's right. possible. Anyways, we're here to spread the love, Jared. Let's spread some more love. <laughs> spread a little love. I got one more. Uh, I'm convinced that Alex Trebek is either a uh, superhero or he's a zombie. Or I mean, excuse me, vampire, not zombie. <laughs> um, hopefully, he's not a zombie. Uh, Alex Trebek. And I'm even kind of nervous to bring this up. I consider not bringing it up, but it's still good news, I guess. Alex Trebek reveals some of his tumors, tumors, excuse me, have shrunk by 50%, and it's kind of mind-boggling. <laughs> that's a joke. It's kind of mind-boggling. Uh, what was that? Oh, I think that's from Anchorman. Yeah. You know, when it's just your thoughts are so crazy, they get bottled up in your mind. <laughs> uh, when Jeopardy host uh, Alex Trebek was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer just three months ago, which is also crazy, fans were shocked. But now the beloved Trebekster has um, good news to share. He's now he's in near remission, according to doctors. It's kind of mind boggling. The 78 year old says in People's new cover story. Although the cancer has a 9% survival rate, Trebek has been responding very well to chemotherapy. The doctor said they hadn't seen this kind of positive result in their memory. Some of the tumors have already shrunk by more than 50%. I, you know, and I honestly think some of this has to do with, like, has to do with, like, his, uh, just, like, his, his personality. Because he does seem like a very mm -hmm. positive person. And he does seem, like, very, you know, obviously I'm just looking at the clips he puts out on on uh, his social media and that Jeopardy put out. But I, I do think there is something, I mean, I've heard about it in, in pe from people that are way smarter than me, that there is something to gen like genuinely having a positive mindset about that stuff where like so some of that, I mean, not some of it, I mean, he definitely has stage four pancreatic uh, cancer, but a lot of healing, it can be psychosomatic and can be mm -hmm. just believing that you can actually do it. And it's same with even like less less drastic things like sometimes people will like freak out about some some sort of something that they got then they'll start dealing with those symptoms or getting those symptoms when really they're they're not sick at all it's just they've obsessed over it so hard so i think right. there is something to the positivity that he seems to have and here at the untranslatable podcast we're definitely spread a little love to our uh, to our boy alex trebek i like jeopardy it makes me feel smart and it's interesting i actually taught some lessons today and we played jeopardy Mm. Did you make him answer in questions? No, no. Mm. I figured that was a step, maybe a step for for the next time we play Jeopardy. I was trying to mm. get them to wrap their heads around the board and all that jazz. But yeah, yeah. so I, I couldn't agree more though, Jared. I think pos the power of positivity really does go a long way. And I think um, he does have an advantage though, being a fairly well off, you know, um, TV Canadian personality also. where I'm sure he can also get some of the best medical care money can buy. Oh, for sure. Which yeah, also yeah. helps. But mm -hmm. I mean, if you if you're negative, yeah, the whole time, if you if you, it's it's really crazy. If you really think and believe you can do something, I think you really can do it. 
obviously yeah. there's there's limits to this but if you if you think oh you know if oh i'm never going to never going to make a million dollars in my life or i'm never going to have an awesome untranslatable podcast with my friend jared then you never will but if you believe in it i think it's better to believe in it and fail and try than to not believe in it and live your whole life and then when you're at your deathbed wonder what could my life have been i have to constantly have to fight myself to be more positive about that stuff um because i i agree with that but i i'm also a pretty like a cynical person especially like yeah i guess with the world in general but especially especially like with myself and like my mm-hmm. uh accomplishments or you oh, know, know ability to accomplish things I mean, you seem to get annoyed whenever I talk, whenever someone says they listen, I'm like, I'm sure they don't. Why would they listen to our podcast? Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's just different, slightly different mindsets. But I think that's mm-hmm. the the really good yin and the yang of, of what is the untranslatable podcast, not to toot our own horn too much. But anyways, my next shout out goes out to, I did a shout out a long time ago about Australian Egg Boy. Do you remember this, Jared? Uh oh yeah, the guy that threw the egg at the politician. Yeah, so this guy threw threw an egg. I don't even think he threw it. I think he like cracked it on him, if I remember oh, right, correctly. Right, 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 cracked right. it on this uh, right wing politician in Australia, and he had already donated some money to the family of the New Zealand Christland Church victims. Right, that was a I believe a mosque or was it a mosque? I think it was a mosque, wasn't it? Was it? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a mosque. Okay, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if it was a Yeah, it was a mosque. mosque. So, so the Australian teenager, Will Connolly, who now is known as Egg Boy, after smashing an egg on the head of a right-wing politician, has donated 69000 U.S. dollars to those affected by the mass shooting at Christchurch New Zealand Mosque in March. Oh, I don't know Will Egg Connolly Boy was wealthy. announced on... What? I don't know Egg Boy had money. Well, That's so let, let me finish. Oh, let, let me, me let me finish. Will Connolly announced on, on Instagram that uh, ninety nine thousand nine hundred twenty two Australian, about sixty nine thousand U.S. dollars, that supporters gave him through crowdfunding sites to cover legal fees, and to this is the kicker, and to buy more eggs That's has hilarious. been directed to two organizations, the Christchurch Foundation and Victim Support. I decided to donate all monies to help provide relief to the victims of the massacre, wrote Connolly17. It wasn't mine to keep. But look, I think it's amazing that this 17-year-old, I'm going to call him a young man, because he's making young man decisions, not boy decisions, by donating Mm -hmm. this money that is so generous, that's so selfless, and uh, we cannot spread enough love to you, uh, Will Connolly. It's really amazing. You betcha. And what's really crazy is I don't know if this was the uk or new zealand or australia but they have now been people have now been beginning to milkshake politicians have you heard about this (laughs) no (laughs) so they throw milkshakes um on politicians uh usually right-wing politicians and uh and look i think you can protest till you're blue in the face i think um there's a lot of things you can do but it seems like egging and milking these politicians seems to be one of the only things that really humiliates them. Hmm. And it's crazy and it's because... Right, right. I mean, these politicians, it's not like they can't go get their suit dry cleaned. You right. Know? <laughs> it's not, you know... And it's, or like and, they don't have a closet filled with other ones that they can exactly. wear in the meantime. This is my only suit. <laughs> right. And, and I'm not here to promote violence. I'm not here to even promote milkshaking or egging. But I think it's a very creative way that people have begun to deal with some of these very xenophobic, racist 
closed-minded conservative politicians out there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you. But, but anyways, that's an, enough of my political mumbo-jumbo. My last <laughs> shout-out today goes out to New Zealand for having a well-being budget that promises uh, billions to care for uh, children in pro- uh, poverty, uh, family violence, and people dealing with mental illness. And I think a lot of countries definitely need to uh, follow suit with this because if your society is sick in terms of mentally health people, children in poverty, it doesn't matter how many billionaires you have, you will not have a good society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, yeah, I mean, we're starting to see our country go a little bit like that, especially in mm-hmm. some places like San Francisco or something like that, where rent is so ridiculous that even rich people can barely afford to live there. Right. Exactly. Uh, so big shout out to New Zealand for trying to help out those people in need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with so, you. So Jared, now I think it's time to spread our love of languages. If you happen to know what time it is, I'm with you. Uh, I'll start. Have you heard of a country called uh, Reunion? Mm-mm. Nope. It's uh, in it's it's in uh, Africa and it's uh, west of Madagascar. Mm-hmm. in the Indian Ocean, and they speak French there, so this is a French untranslatable, but spe- it's specifically from this uh, country called Réunion that I've never heard of either. Viré son pantal- pantalon. Pantalon you know is, is, yeah, that's with pants, right? Uh, no, son is uh, without. not with. No. Without? Avec no. is with. Okay. And I don't know how to say without at the top so, of my head. Is, is it, isn't sans, sans without? Sans without, you're yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. I know so much random French stuff that doesn't help <laughs> me at all whatsoever when I actually have someone speak French. Okay, what does it mean? Word for, uh, what, to turn, the literal to, translation. To turn one's trousers, or as we would say, pants, inside out. But the British people would laugh at the uh, at us saying pants. Because that's to undergarments, turn right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. turn one's pants or trousers inside out. To turn one trous- one's trousers inside out. Mm-hmm. I cannot do a British accent for the life of me. To turn uh, one's trousers inside out. That's... <laughs> That that sounded a little Aussie though, a little it bit. It did a little bit. I don't think uh, I know how to do an Australian accent, to be honest with you. But maybe I just don't know how to do a British accent. I <laughs> <laughs> could, could do an amazing could Australian be. accent. Um, turns. So is this like to do something unpredictable? Uh, no, 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 no. Not to do something. Hmm. Can you give me a so clue? You were planning on going to um, see the Elbow in Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. But uh, say you uh, turn your trousers inside out and ended up going to uh, check Switzerland again. Oh, so just to change your mind. There you go. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I like that one. Well, Jared, I decided to do something a little different this week, and I have two Finnish ones for you and one Czech one. Okay. Parada. So my first one is... Ola mustasukainen which is Finnish for uh, to have black socks. Mm. Is it to, is it mean you're a liar? You lie a lot? Mm-mm. Uh, okay. No. To have black socks. Um, I'm trying to think of you're how shady, to... You're exp- shady? Like you're a shady person? No. 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 I'm trying to think of how, how to explain this that wouldn't completely give it away. Uh, basically... Um, Okay, I'll, I'll try it with socks. I'll try it with socks. So say Jared and I go to some fancy PR event to promote the Untranslatable podcast. We're dressed to of the course. nines, got our suits on, right? Mm-hmm. I've got my gray shark skin with my red tie. 
Jared's got what? What color is your suit? I have a couple suits. I have a gray Calvin Klein suit. I have a pinstripe blue uh, Tommy Ooh, Hilfiger all right. Jared's suit. Wearing, Jared's wearing the pinstripe <laughs> blue suit. That was an easy one. And I have these boring black socks on, and Jared has these very beautifully extravag- extravagant, untranslatable socks on. And I look Yesterday at Jared's at that, socks. at that uh, award ceremony thing, I wore socks I bought in, in, uh, in Prague. No, in Berlin, and the in pineapple H&M. socks. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> so say Jared has these fancy pineapple socks, and I have my black socks, and I'm just looking at his socks going, I'm just here to having my black socks. And he's got oh, his... it's just like you're boring? No, it's, you... it's the way I feel towards you wearing the, the really cool, nice, fancy pineapple socks. Envious? Envious or jealous. Okay, okay. Jealous. Uh-huh. What's the difference, uh, Mr. English teacher, between envy and jealousy? So, I believe, I believe the big difference is that um, jealousy is when you, um, I think jealousy is when you, it's like something that you already kind of have, right? And maybe, maybe I, have, I have black socks, but you have pineapple socks, so I'm jealous. Whereas envious would be like, um, I have sandals and no socks, and you have beautiful pineapple socks on. Hmm. I think envy is when you want don't something have, that someone else doesn't have. Yeah, when mm. you want yeah, want something that you don't have that they have. Cuz I've always heard that yeah. envy is worse than jealousy. Right. Let's here. I'm going to I'm going to Google that just cuz I'm curious. While I'm doing that, go ahead and give me your next untranslatable. My next one's Arabic and it goes uh alaad lihafak mid reglik. Reglik. And it means stretch your legs as far as your blanket extends. I like this untranslatable. Stretch your legs as far as your blanket extends. Is that like make the most of what you have? I'm going to... The judges judges approve. All right. Technically, it's more to live within your means. So it's like uh, use that blanket as much as you can, but don't stick those feet out. Don't you dare do it. Right. Okay. So so jealousy and envy. uh, envy. Mild aggression. I kind of got this right. A little bit. I'd say I would say I was like fifty to sixty percent right. So <laughs> okay. jealousy is when good. you're worried someone will take what you have. Envy mm. is wanting what someone else has. Jealousy is when you're worried that so you'll say that the jealousy one again. So if you so jealousy is worrying that someone will take what you have. So take your job, take your lady friend, take your you know, your clients, whatever. That's jealousy. Oh, so what I'm hearing is jealousy is often misused. Yeah. Really, when pe- more times people should be saying envious than jealous. jealous. Probably. Where it's like, uh, so, you know, someone gets a new Ferrari and they're like, oh, I'm jealous. It's like, you're not jealous. You're envious of that Ferrari. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Mm. I think there are a lot of terms like that that we misuse and nobody yeah. really bats an eye anymore about it. But yeah. All right, but Jared, if you were to like see your girlfriend like flirting with some other dude, then you'd be jealous. You'd be jealous, right? Exactly. Yeah. But if you see a dude walking around with, um, I don't know, Rihanna, she's mm-hmm. gorgeous, um, you would be envious. Maybe. Yes. Yes. You, that's as far very as true. I know, I, Rihanna, I don't know if she's taken or not, but I don't know. But uh, I, I'm yeah. already getting envious just thinking about it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> there you go. All right. So my next one is also finished for you, and this one is one moment here. Veta hernenenan, which wow. means veta hernenenan, which Parada. is uh, well, 
Well, Jared, you're not finished, so I'll, I'll give that That's a half. True. What do I know? I'll give that a half parada. <laughs> but it means to put a P up their nose. Mm. It's not to live in denial, is it? No. Uh-uh. To put a P up their nose. Mm-hmm. To, like, do something foolish? No, not, not really. Um, so, for here, we're gonna, I'm going to continue with our sock metaphor here. Okay. Um, Keep so, it going. So, so you've got your pineapple socks. I've got my boring black socks, and I get really, I get really, really offended, and I, and I'm, you know, I'm offended. complaining to your wow. lady friend <laughs> that, you know, well, well, Jared said we were gonna coordinate and wear black socks, and now he's wearing pineapple <laughs> socks. That's always something I would do, also. <laughs> right, it totally is. And then your lady friend, your lady friend says, "Calm down, it doesn't really matter." And then, okay. and then you would say, "Yeah, you know." Um, um, you know, did someone put a pee up your nose? Mm. So it's like uh, to be salty, essentially. Yeah, basically, or, well, to be salty about something that's very that's not very relevant. Basically, to get offended. Exactly, to get offended mm. or angry over something that others don't consider very relevant. Uh, okay. Okay. I gotcha. I like that one. I have one more, and it's Welsh. So you are for sure. It's for sure. I'm going to say this wrong. <laughs> Paira chodi pais ar ol piso. And it means don't raise your petticoat after peeing. Don't re... Wait, can you repeat that again? Don't raise your petticoat after uh-huh, peeing. Okay. I thought you said petticoat, and I'm like, what is a petticoat? I mean, I, I kind of did. I just slurred petticoat. <laughs> right. Um, one more time, Jared. Don't raise your petticoat after peeing. Oh, is that? Well, you, you would have to raise it before you go pee, right? You, so it's yeah. like you. So it's like don't, don't do like. Is it like? Is it like speaking before you think, or is it like? Mm-mm. Think more after the fact. So like, don't don't be upset if you do something that's stupid. No, no, no. You, you you're welcome to be upset if you. <laughs> <laughs> um. An example. So, okay, so um, so for so say um, you you uh, so I'm I'm looking for a job right now, and say that um, one of the you know, the job I really wanted they denied me, but I got a uh, another job, and like three years later I'm loving my new job, but I'm still like man, fuck that other company, man, they they were really missing out. Uh, I can't believe that they um that they didn't take me. And then I would say, what, don't... uh, Don't raise your petticoat after peeing. So it's like what's done is done. Yeah, sure. Being uh, upset over something that's already happening cannot be changed. Okay. We have an English untranslatable. An American. I don't know if the English say it, but I think they do. What is it? It has to do with uh, milk. You like to drink milk. Oh, don't don't cry over spilled milk? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Very true. Very true. So my last one is check. I think I'll be able to make it. We'll see. Not trying to get cocky, but I think I'll be able to squeak out the check untranslatables till I leave. So here what, we go. Eight more at this point. You really you, you need. I think I so. guess four weeks two yeah. two times a week. I guess so, huh? Pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one is zahubichku, which means for a kiss. Is it Zahubichku. like you're doing you're doing something just for the recognition? 
Um, not not really. Although I could see why you would think that. We mm. have an English untranslatable, but it's a music related one. Oh, is it like a uh, on that note? No, that's oh, I didn't sense. even think about that one. No, uh, for the kiss, for a kiss, for a kiss. I don't. I mean, there's so many instruments and music out there. I don't even know where so, to start. So, uh, well, here, Jared, I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Let's see here. Um, so, hmm. So say, say I need I need something before I leave here, right? And then. Um, you know, I, I go and I find I find something, um, and it's not too expensive. And I go, yeah, I'd really I'd really like to buy that, um, you know, but it's a little too expensive. And they say, well, I'm already selling it for a kiss. Oh, like um, it's a it's a good deal. Just basically something in exchange for a little. Okay, what we the, would say I'm for a song. Oh, for a I song. got yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I got that for a song. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I would not have thought about that. Uh, untranslatable. But I feel you. All right. Good job. Parada. I'm. I'm. I'm impressed that you've gone this entire time. You know, we're not done yet, but I think you can do it. I think so check too. Check one every time you've been there. Yeah. In addition to a check word of the pod, which we'll get to later. Exactly. Which has been which has been great for my check learning process as well. Um, but I think it's time we talk about freedom. What do you think, Jared? Yes. Yes. I'm proud to be... Okay, that's enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what, uh, what does freedom mean to you, Chad? Well, for me, I, I guess a, a free country, I kind of view it, and I'm, I'm obviously a bit biased now after you know, doing some research on this and, and trying to figure out which countries are you know, considered the freest and, and not free. But basically, I think it comes down to maybe two or three things. I think it comes down to politics. Um, are you are you free to vote how you want? Um, are you also and then not only politics but the laws in which are written by the government? So are you? Do you have freedom of speech? Do you have freedom of religion? Freedom of expression? All these things. Uh, also, I think financial freedom, in a lot of ways. And what I mean by this is, um, you know. Is there so much red tape that it's really not possible and feasible for you to open up a business unless you're already Mm -hmm. very wealthy and well-connected? So that's the other thing I view. Um, And then I guess the last one is just kind of the the, the freedom of the culture itself, right? Is it one um, homogeneous type of culture that only has one style of music, one style of clothing, one style of cuisine? Or is it a country like the U.S. that's incredibly diverse in terms of food, music, clothing, um, even the way we speak English throughout the U.S. is diverse, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think, I think that has to do a lot with freedom. You know, um, I don't think in the States that you would get too ostracized um, if, you, if you, you know, wore something slightly different to an extent, obviously. But if you right, wore something different. Right now we're speaking different. in generalities, of ex- course. Ex- exactly. Or, you know, I have some friends who are country music fans. I have some other friends who are great friends with these country guys who only listen to, like, rap music. And it's mm-hmm. totally cool, you know? Um, and to me, that, I guess, is freedom. But uh, enough of my opinion. What do you think, buddy? Uh, I think freedom is just the... the uh, yeah, I mean, it's really the freedom to do and live how you want, whether that be living, uh, you know, getting married to who you want, practicing mm-hmm. whatever religion you want, being able to um, speak freely. 
But I also think a big part of religion is um, is uh, availability of information. I think that's key for freedom. Absolutely. And uh, I think that plays a big role in in, um, in freedom. And sometimes it bites us in the ass, like it seems like it's doing right now. But I still think that uh, that's a huge part of it. And I think that goes along with you know the freedom to be able to say whatever you want, essentially. Right. Um, and I also think it's 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 feeling safe. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, that's not really. I mean, it can be a governmental thing, but I think that it's that's more of just the people you live with. That you know, not also non-governmental, is just being able to leave your house with relatively low amounts of fear that you won't make it back or whatever. And um, those are some big big things for me. I would say, I, and I think that um, there's a there's a, a you know there's a the the like the idea of freedom, especially here in America, kind of gets. Uh, like confused a little bit. Sure. Um, and I think some people think we're freer than we are. Some people don't think we are as free as uh, we we claim that we like uh, like our that we claim to try to be, or that our our documentation or whatever allows us to be. Uh, and I guess we'll get into that later. But yeah, those are the I'd say speech, uh, freedom to make money is a big one too. You mentioned that one. Mm-hmm. Freedom to live how you want, being religion. Um, sexual orientation, uh, all that stuff, and freedom of information. I think that's huge. Oh, definitely. Freedom to information. And and now, I guess maybe we should, since you and I are both Americans and have most of our expertise and experience there, uh, I think it might be a good uh, point to start off with. And before, I have some stats and some numbers, but before we get into that, um, I'd like to discuss with you just a couple um, things that I think the U.S. does well and could improve upon in terms of freedom. Um, okay. And I guess the first one I want to start with, um, especially because of this beautiful sunny day out here right now, is I think uh, the U.S., it would be more free if it would be culturally accepted to go to a park or a, you know, like a, like a co- county fair or something. Um, I guess county fairs are a little different, but I guess go to a park and sit on the bank of a river and have an ice cold beer in your hand or split a bottle mm. of wine with some friends. I think that's one thing about freedom that America does a little wrong. And I think it's because of our pure, you know, very um, puritanical background as a country in a lot of ways. Yes. You know, we had alcohol prohibition that clearly didn't work. Um, now, in a lot of states, they're getting rid of marijuana prohibition as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think. Um, and the, the interesting thing about the United States to me, especially being removed for eight months, well, almost nine months, I guess, is that um, there are certain freedoms and liberties here that I, I, I experience on a daily basis that, that I, I wonder, you know, why don't we really have those in the States? And another one I can think of as well, obviously, it's great to not have to hide your alcohol in a brown paper bag. But another great one is access to public transportation. Now, yes, that's possible in a lot of cities in the States. But if you live out in the country, now granted, even here, if you live out in the country, it's not easy to get around, but it's way more feasible than in the States. Mm -hmm. Way, way, way more feasible. Better bus systems, better trains. Um, And I think that people in the States would maybe travel more if we had better infrastructure for public transportation. And it gives you the freedom of mobility. Right now, I'm going to counter that real quick. Okay, I, I agree with you, but I also think that uh, yeah, but you you do make the point that it is way more spread out here, and that's part of it. But right. I will say that in the United States, especially in comparison to most European countries, 
as far as getting a car main, and and keeping a car it's way easier because yeah. for uh, the for, for the in general in the United States the standards uh that they use to test and uh, inspect cars is way lower here in the US even in states where they do do inspections i mean in michigan right. you could drive around in four wheels and a a frame with no body on it and uh, <laughs> because there's no inspections of any sort right. and there are plenty of states where there are no inspections some like mine there are inspections but i mean you drive you look around here and you're like what are they inspecting these cars look terrible right so like um right. I'd say that that would be my counter to that. Is I think we're free in that sense, where uh, they we have the government has more trust or whatever it is in us to uh, maintain our own, car, own cars without them telling us no, you can't drive that on the street. Right, right, and that would be seen. I can hear Americans already in my head going, "That's an infringement upon my civil liberties if you yeah. make them do." But see that. But see the other problem is, well, what if you can't afford a car? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you have no way to get around. And I know many Czech people who can travel to a lot of great places in Europe without a car with no problem. But all right, I'm going to play devil's advocate, advocate okay. a sure. couple more times. I think that a lot of Americans would find uh, the public transportation as an infringement because um, it's it would have to be a uh, government thing like they'd be paying for it it would come out of our once again i'm just playing devil's i'm not saying this is necessarily what i believe right it would be coming out of our pockets for it and i think a lot of people would be like i don't want this uh but i don't have a choice but to fund this because uh because my government says so so i think also there is a freedom to um to that okay i'm i'm now going to play devil's advocate with you (laughs) Um, I, I agree you with can't all devil's that. advocate my devil's advocate. I'm a devil's advocate. Your your devil's advocate right now, Jared. I would agree with you, but I think in Europe there are a couple companies, uh, rather large public transportation companies that are actually privately owned businesses. I could be wrong about that. So but, why aren't companies doing that here? They don't find it lucrative. I would well, assume. Well, exactly, because it's not feasible. Because everybody drives a car. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of have to. You don't really mm-hmm. have a choice. But basically, yeah. Long story short, devil's advocate aside, <laughs> I do think it would be nice to have here, devil. Uh, would be nice to have freedom of mobility for those who don't have a car. That's basically yes. all I'm really trying to say. Yes. Um, and my parents were even talking about uh, getting rid of Vic, my my car. Um, you know, depending on uh, where I go next and what my plans are. But I straight up told them I was like, I was like, you know what? No, I will. I will gladly pay for the insurance on that thing, even if I'm not using it, because. Um, you know, not having a car payment or anything like that, it's gives you a lot of financial freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, I know mm-hmm. so many people, my, my ex, you know, she had, I don't remember what the cost was, but I mean, you know, every month it adds up your car payments and everything like this, you need repairs, you got to pay for insurance, gasoline, everything like this. It's really expensive. And so if you can avoid yes. that, um, it's really good, which leads me to, I guess the next point, which I do think the U S is a great country in terms of financial freedom for people who, um, who are go-getters, who are willing to work. Now, I'm not saying that is necessarily, you know, that it's not fair. Um, I think a lot of people do have a lot of privilege, and we do have to acknowledge that for sure. But Especially I think, when it comes to getting loans and stuff for... Uh, oh, for sure. For sure. Without, without a doubt. But I do think in the States, to me, it seems like there's less bureaucracy and red tape to make things happen if you want to try to make things happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with you on that. And and, and uh, yeah, I feel like I need to make it clear one more time that we're speaking in generalities because obviously, you know, different uh, 
genders or races or whatever have dif- more difficulty getting certain amount of loans. But in theory, let's put it this way. In theory, right. the uh, groundwork is laid so people are equally available for these things. But once it actually comes down to dealing with the banker or whatever, that might be different. But that's not the system. That's the people uh, that are uh, that are doing that, putting that upon people. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think that the freedom to make money and then the freedom to spend your money how you want it is a huge part of freedom. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's how um, that, that I think that's a huge part of innovation and and technology growth is is people being able to make money and people having that incentive and also people um, uh, having the ability to, uh, you know, start from nothing, but get some sort of loan or something and, and, and potentially uh, make something out of themselves. From Absolutely. Nothing. I mean, to me, that that is what the American dream is, is this rags to riches story mm-hmm. of, you know, as they say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. But that and, also and, gets bastardized a little bit, too. Of course. Because it's used to like to like uh, shit on people that are poor saying like, oh, you're just right. not, you're just lazy. You're just not working hard right. enough. Right, which I think actually poor people are probably some of the hardest working people in the United States and probably around the that, world, yeah. I would be yeah. willing to bet. Um, and and that's, that's the thing, though, I think. Um, and I do think one thing that, that shows that the, the freedom isn't so great is that we don't have great social, like a social net or social safety net for people who, who need it, mm-hmm. right? I think if you look at other countries in Scandinavia and Europe, I mean, yes, people always argue, well, there are lazy people that will milk the system. And yes, they're right. But there are always going to be lazy people taking advantage of the system. There are also very, very rich people taking uh, advantage of the U.S. tax system. Right. So, so you know, people in general <laughs> oh, are going to take shit. advantage on gator piss. of, I know, right? Watch out. Um, but that's the thing that I don't really understand is people say, well, oh, we can't, we can't have the, you know, we can't have universal health care, which is another thing that the U.S. needs to improve on and I think would also give us more freedom because, mm-hmm. you know, I am terrified of getting severely sick or injured in the U.S. and going in debt for who knows, maybe my entire life if my health insurance doesn't cover everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that really will limit your freedom. People. Right. I mean, if you just go, go on to GoFundMe, mm-hmm. go onto the website GoFundMe and you can see hundreds, if not probably thousands of people asking for money. Um, and we have enough wealthy people where I'm sure we could change the tax brackets a bit and have, um, you know, universal health care for everybody, single payer system. Um, and so I think that's one issue we have with the lack of freedom right there is the freedom and access to health care. Yeah. But once again, people have different ideas of freedom. And I think that people... Um a lot of people in America have this idea of freedom being like a full capitalist society, mm-hmm. where um, where where that's more freedom than a than offering all of these different um, different programs, government uh, funded programs, is not freedom to a lot of people. Right, right, and, and that's the thing. There's a lot of conservatives in the U.S. where, I mean, that's the thing. They want small government because they think big government uh, limits your freedom. Which, I mean, to an extent it does, especially if you're paying a lot more money in taxes, sure. Um, you know, that that's less money in your pocket that you can invest and do whatever with. Um, but at the same time, in the U.S., I think tax rates are a lot better than in a lot of other countries. Um, and, and so, yeah, so, so it's definitely kind of interesting. Speaking, but, though, of mm-hmm. uh, limiting government and the conservatives want to limit government, 
Shout out to states like Alabama, uh, Georgia, oh and Missouri that are. Uh, it's it's just so it's just so ironic though that these people that are all about freedom and and stay off my land and I, and uh, let me mm-hmm. do whatever I want. Let me have my are, guns. Are also d- doing stuff like this. That's that should be the theoretical opposite of what they uh, right what they believe in or what they're right. fighting for. Well, it's only it's only seen as an opposite when it's not something that they are usually religiously against, right? right? And so, and what Jared's talking about for those of our listeners out there who are unaware of what's happening in was what it Alabama, Georgia, and was it Missouri or Mi- Mississippi? Missouri, Missouri, is that uh, there has been uh, talk, and even I think some laws or bills signed into place where women who would have an abortion would go to prison, right? Yeah, for they said apparently like 99 years. And you can't have an abortion after the first 6 weeks. Right. And so including in cases of uh rape and incest also, just throwing that right, out there. Right. And and see that's the thing. You know, um in 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 the states and and frankly I think everywhere in the world you should be able to have the opinion you want. If you're against abortion and you are pro-life, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you otherwise. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. tell you you can't believe that. I'm yeah, not gonna don't tell do you. It. Then don't you, do it, it when, when you get pregnant. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, but you know, for for those people out there who have been victims of sexual assault and rape, um, and all these other things, the or fact that the people the government that don't want like, or people that just like don't want a child, and because these people that don't want a child now, when they have the child, it's only going to be more of an issue. For the people within that state that signed the bill, because it's like, all right, right, so now we have people that are uh, ill-prepared to take care of a child, uh, but you force them to have them. And now, because you're all about freedom, you don't have the proper uh, social things and social systems in place to mm-hmm. take care of these people that aren't uh, aren't well off enough or aren't in the right place to take care of the kid that you force them to have. Right. Right. Which is, yeah, the biggest hypocrisy in terms of freedom, for right. sure. Which leads me to the next thing about the U.S. that I think really needs to be improved upon and really infringes upon freedom is we have the highest number of prisoners in the U.S. Mm-hmm. than any other country in the world, um, which which blows my mind. And the other problem is, is that um, not only do we have all these prisons and for-profit prisons, which is a whole nother can of worms. Check out our previous episode if you want to know uh, more about what a can of worms means. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, I just can't understand how you have all these people being incarcerated and then the majority of them end up back in the system. And here's here's what's also crazy, Jared, which also goes to show you how broken our, broken our system is. I was watching a clip of the Joe Rogan experience where he had um, Cheech on there from Cheech and Chong. Mm-hmm. And Cheech was in prison. And Cheech said he knew a couple inmates that got out and specifically stole or did something to get back into prison because in prison, they were guaranteed three meals a day, full health care, a roof over their head. And when you're out on the streets, you don't have any of that. You're not guaranteed health care. You're not guaranteed a meal. You're not guaranteed a roof over your head. Nothing. It's much harder so, to get a job. Right. Ex- exactly. And so... So America is free, but it has a lot of limits and little little asterisks on there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're free, but or or well, you can be free if you don't do this. You know, God forbid, you know, you have unprotected sex and you get pregnant and you're a woman in Alabama. You know, right? Oh, well, then then you don't get any freedom. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really crazy. So, so anyways, I think I've done enough. Uh, you know, no, complaining like uh, of like being it. negative about the states. Um, let's talk about uh, other countries though that have freedom, and there are a lot of great things in the U.S. Um, you know, r- related to freedom. But so first, I have an article here by the Business uh, Insider: the 27 uh, countries in the world with the most freedom. And so, Jared, I'm just curious. I want you to guess. What country do you think is numero uno? I mean, I know the answer. I, I saw this list as well. Oh, darn. It's actually okay. surprising. It's uh, Norway it's... and Sweden. Oh, that's not the list I saw then. <laughs> okay, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, Norway, Sweden, and Finland. What, what, what makes them so free? Uh, the civil liberties that they have in their country and also the uh, political liberties. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's basically, those are the two things that are measured. Well, let me ask you this, though, Jared. Based off of this paradigm, so they, let me see here. So, like I said, they measured civil liberties and political rights was what it was. Okay. Um, And so, this was an annual report um, called Freedom in the World, which operates from the assumption that freedom for all people is best achieved. Um, Well, this is showing some bias here but that freedom for all people is best achieved in liberal democratic societies, which though I would argue is true if you look at other political systems that are democratic. Generally speaking, the freedom tends to go down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so this data was used to score a country's political rights on a scale of 0 to 40 and civil liberties on a scale of 0 to 60. And so Sweden, Finland, and Norway all scored perfect hundreds. So they they got 40 out of 40 and 60 out of 60. Where do you think the U.S. ranks with this paradigm of civil, civil liberties and political rights. Somewhere in the teens. 27. Nope. Is it lower? 58th. Damn. 58th. So the U.S. received a score of uh, 86 points. I'll say uh, this, though. Uh-huh. And uh, we all know you hate America. We've talked about it on a previous <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I bet you uh, that was a joke, everyone. I bet you it's way easier to start a business in the U.S. than it is in any of those uh, three Scandinavian countries you said. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm positive about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I, I would definitely believe that. Um, but the difference is, um, if you start a business in the states and you fail, there's no safety net. Right. That's true. Whereas that's, you that's start a, a business point. probably Touché. in Finland or Norway or Sweden, yeah, it might be more red tape to jump through. But if your business fails, I'm sure you will have some type of assistance to get back on your feet. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like the States is really sink or swim. And some people really thrive under that system and some people yeah. drown. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. But I think I'll, but I think um, we we the society we live in believes that if you're not swimming in it, then you're just not trying hard enough. Right. Which is definitely a fallacy in so many ways. Mm-hmm. That's right. for sure. So guess what country is number four? I think I know the answer. What is it? Well, now I don't because the list threw me off. Um, I'm going to guess Italy. Canada, my man. Oh, of course. Canada, yeah. So the country did lose one point on civil liberties, uh, which cites uh, strict defamation laws and high rates of gender and racial discrimination among indigenous women in Canada. Mm. So, but and they I, got I 99 out of 100. Mm-hmm. They don't have like a like a full freedom of speech as well there. Right. Like there are some laws about, you know, b- being able to be uh, 
pros- persecuted, prosecuted, whatever the word is, for certain things he say. Prosecuted. I th- yeah. I, th- uh, I think prosecuted. Let's keep going. Let's just yeah. keep going. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> so now I want to get into some more like stats. And this is really crazy, Jared. So I found this. It's called the Human Freedom Index of 2018. This is a report that is 406 pages long. And it is and a global all, measurement. That's what we do. All of it. Every got my got my highlighter out everything, but it is so. This is a global measurement of personal, civil, and economic freedom, which were three things we discussed at the top of this, um, you know, main topic related to freedom. So I think it's fitting that we kind of discuss this. And uh, what's interesting about this is this is the fourth annual report by, um, well, it's it's really by a bunch of different companies. Um, it's by Cato Institute, Fraser, um, the. Friedrich, I can't read their other word. Uh, Stiftung für die Freiheit. So it's like a like a like a like a um, organization for uh, freedom. IEA and Visio Institute. So there's quite a few of these different uh, companies and institutions backing this up. Um, and so I'm just going to give everybody the uh, Spark Notes. So, well, first of all, I guess let me let me talk about the things that is anti-freedom stance. So, um, and these are called um, the the uh, five no's and the seven don't speaks or seven things not to be discussed. So, um, so, so basically any regime that's very anti-freedom, they have uh, no multi-party d- democracy, no ideological pluralism, no separation of powers and bicameral uh, legislature, which just means like one party decides everything and there's basically one head of the government that makes all the decisions. There's not, you know, in the States, at least we, in theory, have checks and balances with the presidency, the Senate, and the House. Um, Let's see here. Uh, No federalism and no privatization. Uh, And then the seven uh, things not to be discussed. Universal values, freedom of the news media, civil society, civil rights, historical errors um, of a political party, Basically, what does that like, mean? do you know what that means? Historical errors. I, I would assume that just means like you don't talk about the blunders of a political party or a regime. Hmm. I would imagine. I disagree with that, but okay. Um, what the? Well, these are the seven things you don't discuss in these countries that aren't free. Oh, is what I'm saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. My bad. I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. You're good. Um, also, I uh, don't discuss. I thought you meant like non-negotiable free freedom things. No, no, no. I mean things like in a in a country that you know, ranks very, very low on the list of freedoms. This is, these are some of them. This is the limiting things. Okay. Yes. I got you. And then, uh, corrupt capitalism and then mm-hmm. also, uh, judicial independence, um, which they have, they have seen a lot of these in some, uh, Asian countries and also in, uh, the Soviet union, especially some African countries too, from what exactly. I've seen. Definitely. Definitely. So, so let me, according to this, let me give you and the listeners out there, the uh, highest countries on the list and the lowest countries on the list. Let me find it here real quick. There's so many graphs here. It it blows my mind. As somebody who who did uh, a master's thesis all on qualitative data, I was excited to see all these graphs, I got to tell you. I'm not a big numbers guy, but this was interesting. So the top countries, according to the uh, Cato, um, like the Freedom Index of 2018, number one, New Zealand. Number two, okay. Switzerland. Number three, Hong Kong. Number four, Australia, and number five, Canada. So I find that interesting because uh, none of the countries we mentioned, based on the Business Insider article, 
Um, well, actually, Canada was number four, and it's five here. So I guess mm-hmm. that's pretty close. That's a good sign for Canada. Yeah. Right, right. Consistent. S- right. And so the bottom countries coming at 155 is Libya. 156 mm-hmm. is Iraq. Uh, 157 is Yemen. 158, Venezuela. And 159 is, what do you think, Jared? Syria. Very good. Very, very mm. good. Parada. Yes. And so now what's interesting is I'll give you and the listeners a list of countries with the most improved and deteriorized freedom scores of 2015 to 2016. So Ukraine had the most improved by 0.44%, Iran by 0.34%, Timor-Leste by 0.26%, Belize by 0.19%, and Niger 0.19% as well. Poland dropped almost 0.2%, Cape Verde dropped also almost 0.2%, Turkey dropped um, 0.19, so again, almost 0.2. Suriname, 0.23. And Sekalis, 0.24. And those last two countries, I hate to say this, hate to show my blatant ignorance here, but I have never even heard of those countries before. I've heard of the Seychelles. I don't know how you say it, but I don't know anything about it. I'm surprised the U.S. hasn't dropped. Actually, I think it has dropped. Because I know that we've definitely been... uh, consistently lacking in the voting department yeah there's mm-hmm. the ab- mm-hmm. ability to vote but there's a huge market for the uh, <coughs> republicans and voter uh, suppression sure and in gerrymandering and in um just keeping yeah i guess voter suppression what i was going to say and just keeping as many people from uh being able to vote as possible and there's all this talk about potential meddling uh in the going on right now actually <laughs> right uh, oh, regarding sure. voting in, in the united states Definitely. And so what what really changes a lot of these freedom scores are three aspects. So we talked about two aspects with the Business Insider article. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, with the Caddo um, uh, Freedom Index, they say human freedom, economic freedom, and personal freedom. So I would say human freedom and personal freedom probably could be lumped in as something that's like a civil liberty. Right. And then obviously the economic freedom is a little different. Um, or actually, no. I think maybe the economic and the personal might be the more civil liberties and the human freedom might be more related to politics. Okay. Um, now, what's interesting, though, is religion, movement, and rule of law is what causes the largest decreases in freedom since 2008. Hmm. Say that again? Sorry. I, religion, <laughs> movement, and rule of law uh, okay. cause some of the largest decreases in freedom, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah. You know, re- religion um, tends to be, not always, but tends to be very suppressive of other beliefs and things if they don't line up with their ideologies. Shout um, out to Alabama, Georgia, and Missouri. <laughs> right. Um, movement also, I mean, if you're forced to move somewhere else, you're probably leaving because of religious persecution, um, no economic opportunities, all these things as well, which can limit mm-hmm. your freedom. And rule of law as well. I mean, obviously, laws really limit our freedom completely more or less and religion still seems to be one of the biggest factors in war right uh and a lot of wars seem to be very largely religious based Mm -hmm. uh even ones that are uh american wars for example that are uh shrouded in other things i think a lot of it has to do with um with religion and 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 perceptions of other people's religions I would I would say religion and also political ideologies. I would I would yeah. lump that okay. in there too. I'll give it to um, you. But yeah. So what's interesting though, Jared, is that uh, economic freedom and personal freedom 
to an extent, is also kind of on an upward uh, trend, right? So, hmm. so countries with um, higher economic freedom tend to have higher personal freedom. A couple of these, though, that are, are slight outliers is the UAE. The UAE has very good, um, uh, United Arab Emirates has very high amount of economic freedom. But uh, in terms of personal freedom, they're way behind other countries uh, like Russia um, and countries like this, uh, Argentina as well, although Argentina, although Argentina has a lot more personal freedom, their economic freedom is much, much lower than UAE, Croatia, hmm. Russia, a lot of countries. Um, so it's really interesting, um, all, all of these different things. And I mean, it's, it's really eye-opening to read this report. I mean, you, you don't even really need to read all 400 pages. You can scroll right. through and skim through and just look at the graphics, and it's really interesting. Well, uh, lucky we have you who did read all 400 pages. Ex exactly. Got a lot of free time <laughs> on my hands. What can I say? Um, but yeah, so what's interesting, though, is um, so here's, here's a bunch of other things that contribute to the freedom score, Jared. And a few of these you mentioned. So this is why I'd like to read them. So rule of law um, is, a, is a big influencer. Then you have security and safety, which you mentioned when we yeah. talked about the beginning of, of freedom. Movement, which I mentioned briefly just a moment ago. Religion. Um, being able to associate, um, you know, assemble and have a civil society. Uh, another very important one is expression and information, which I do think for the most part, the U S does do a good job of, um, yeah. I, I would say, uh, identity I think the and relationships. The problem isn't, the problem isn't the ability and access to free, uh, to, to, uh, to the news or, or like persecution by anyone trying to tell the news. I think the problem is more. What the news the news has turned more into entertainment than actually like uh, giving news, but that's not the government's fault. I mean, it's the government's fault, but that's not the government's uh, policy's fault. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> or is it? But anyways, I don't. Know. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so now I want to give you and the listeners the freedom score from uh, the different continents. Okay. So which continent do you think is number one, Jared, for the freedom score? North America. Yes, Shout sir. Out. And I think a lot of that we have to attribute to our brothers in the north, our dear old, <laughs> our dear old. Uh, trying to think of a, a like a nickname Canadians use. I can't remember now. Loonies. Uh, our our buddies up Maple north. Mapleheads. Right. Uh, sure. Sure. Uh, our Canadians. <laughs> Number I think two loonies is, is a coin. It is. Loonies and toonies are both coins in Canada. Actually. Fun, really. Little, loonies little and fact. toonies. Yep. Yep. Fun fact oh, for you I love and all of our show. listeners out there. <laughs> uh, right. Western Europe is number two on the Freedom Score. Oceania, so like Australia, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Then you have East Asia coming in fourth. Then Eastern Europe. And to the dismay of all of our Czech listeners out there, Czech Republic was lumped in Eastern Europe. Sorry, guys. Mm. I didn't create the report. I'm just reporting it. Um, <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. We have right. Exactly. Next, we have Latin America and the Caribbean. Then the Caucasus and Central Asia, South Asia. Then coming in, what was that, like seventh or eighth? Um, then we have Sub-Saharan Africa and then Middle East and North Africa coming in last for mm. their freedom scores. So okay. it's kind of interesting. So keep these things in mind. If you are a very free-thinking, free-expressive uh, individual and you're trying to do some travel. Um, and what's also interesting is the freest countries in the world, generally speaking, have a much higher capita per income than those that are less free. Yeah, makes sense. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Uh, well, okay, before we move on, I wanted, I have one more thing I'd like to do here. 
Okay. So, we, you know, we whenever we do talk about America and freedom and all that stuff, it always ends up turn that we end up bashing America a lot. But I I'm, I'm here to tell you 11 things that prove that America should be a number 1 on this list. Okay. And these I'm are to hear uh, these. In France, it is uh uh they have banned ketchup in school cafeterias. What heathens? Mm-hmm. How dare they? Uh, thereby, in, the, in, in this article, the Thrillist, they said thereby barring barbaric kids from smothering everything in the tasty sauce. In uh, Iran, uh, it's illegal to uh, rock a mullet. While we don't encourage anyone <laughs> to sport a Kennedy <laughs> top hat, uh, Iranians are actually forbidden by law from wearing a Wisconsin waterfall, as this article calls it, as well Wisconsin. as ponytails. Ooh, I like that, a Wisconsin waterfall. <laughs> As well as ponytails and spikes. In fact, the government created a catalog of acceptable haircuts. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Singapore. In Singapore, a place so concerned with cleanliness that gum is forbidden, but that's not the only thing. Uh, Not flushing a public toilet is against the law. And uh, we have... How do they they enforce that? Do they have toilet police? Uh... Uh, go, um, well, here, I'll read it. Uh, we have no idea how many toilets had to go unflushed uh, for a law to be deemed necessary, but police in Singapore, Singapore allegedly perform re- uh, regular random bathroom checks, apparently. Okay, interesting. Uh, Australia, small breast. Have you heard of this one before? Uh-uh. So the Australian Classification Board decided that small breasts are synonymous with underage girls and consequently banned a number of adult films featuring small-breasted stars. While the law is meant to ban movies in which actresses are or appear to be underage, um, under the age of 18, they effectively have the right to ban any adult film featuring women that are deemed to look underage. Interesting. I mean, I, I guess that's a good thing. In in a way, mm, no? I mean, I get what they're doing, but there are a lot of adult women with s- small breasts. Well, that's adult true. Women. That is uh, true. I, France, and, and I guess you shouldn't associate small breasts solely on with children. Like, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Weird. That's yeah, weird. Actually, in itself. actually, I take back what I say. Yeah, that is actually really weird. Yeah, <laughs> I completely take back what I say. Um, in France, uh, it's for your uh, the French are forbidden by law from naming a pig Napoleon. Uh, That's kind of The name funny. was even changed to Caesar in French language, uh, in the French language version of George Orwell's Animal Farm. Okay, interesting. In Portugal, it is illegal to pee in the ocean. Uh, not, how, not sure how they'd catch you in the act, but uh, better be, uh, but you still legal pee there. Can't pee in the oceans in Portugal. Okay. Which is, is, it legal, is it legal to pee in the oceans in the States? I'm sure it is, because this thing is, I think it's saying that these are things that are illegal in the U.S. Okay. Also, out of all the things that we do to oceans, <laughs> I feel like uh, that should be one of the least concerns, because all the animals in the oceans are already peeing and pooping in there. That's true. You're not wrong. Uh, in Saudi Arabia, it's illegal to commercialize love. Now, this is a law I can get on board with. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no more Valentine's Day. I'm okay with that, I guess. In an effort to discourage premarital sex and the violation of Muslim beliefs, the Saudi government orders florists and gift shops to remove anything red or romantic around Valentine's Day. While bitter singles might applaud the effort, shout out to me. Although uh, you're not j- a bitter single, just bitter, but yeah. 
Uh, the uh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, just Peter. <laughs> the joke actually, the joke's actually on the government. Allegedly, a romantic black market is thriving in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Um, in China, playing video games has been illegal for the longest. Uh, ironically, for a country that produces most of the world's gaming consoles, buying them was illegal from 2000 until this year. Uh, this year, not meaning 2019. This is not from 2019, but until very recently, I think like 2014 or 15, it was illegal to uh, buy video games in China. Denmark, <laughs> uh, they have Denmark has a uh, official child naming guidelines, and so there are certain names that would be uh, against the rules to name your child. So same with Germany. Do they really? So you mm-hmm. couldn't go yep. all out and, uh, nope. and name Can't your Can't name your like... child Apple. Nope. Wow, that is so so ridiculous. Even though I do find those names ridiculous. All right, one more. And by one more, I mean two more. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in, in Norway, um, Finland, Austria, France, in the UK, and I believe some other uh, European countries, it's illegal. These damn communists. It's illegal to poison yourself, uh, ourselves with artificial food dye. <laughs> oh, man. Such Those a shame. neon fruit loops that we love so much, uh, they are so bright and beautiful uh, thanks to chemicals from petroleum and coal tar, which... Uh, mm, delicious. Ironically, are also linked to brain cancer and nerve cell deterioration. But we allow it here because we're a free country that allows Americans to kill themselves however they want. That's right. Tasty, and- tasty neon food and all. One more in the UAE, United, United Arab Emirates. Uh, uh, in, uh, kissing in public can land you in the slammer. It's also illegal for unmarried couples to live together or even share a hotel room. Although for tourists, they tend to turn a blind eye. So, But who cares about the tourists? If you live there, you just can't do it. That's what's more important. Right. right. And, and look, to recap our main segment, I think the things that America does right in terms of freedom is definitely freedom of expression. You can rock your Wisconsin waterfall wherever, whenever you want. Uh, it's a mullet for those of you who don't get the reference. You betcha. Uh, party in the front, business in the, or no, business in the front, party in the back. Right? There we go. Um, so yeah, freedom of, of expression. And I will say freedom, which could be viewed as a good or a bad thing, of just crazy food stuff. Yes. Like I've had students ask me about fast food in America, and it's crazy. Like, you know, Taco Bell will have... I think they just had like, like Cheeto flavored nachos or something. I don't know something you crazy. You mean the do- like Doritos Locos Tacos? Well, they had those, but they did something else. I thought with like Cheetos. I'm not sure, but like, there is so many crazy things that you can try in America, food wise, and you get really full range of freedom. Uh, maybe we do need some more regulations on food health, but hey. Like you said, we can kill ourselves any way we want in the states. So there you well, go. Well, Taco, Taco Bell uh, Canada has a uh, Cheetos Crunchwrap slider, which comes in three, quote-unquote, mouth-watering flavors. And it's just like a, almost looks like a large, I don't even know how you explain it, but there's Cheetos in there. It's okay. gross. Is, there that, you go. That's what I'm getting at. Freedom, <laughs> my man. Freedom of taste, freedom of expression, yes. freedom of music, mm-hmm. and freedom is our song of the pod for today. You betcha. Yes. And so I sent Jared two options. Ironically, mm-hmm. I'm wearing my Jimi Hendrix shirt um, because that was the other option I sent Jared for today. But we did not choose Jimmy. We chose Richie Havens, also a very, very famous 
Um, sadly, not on Jimmy's level uh, in terms of fame, but a very famous uh, folk artist from the 60s and 70s who uh, opened, was the opening act for Woodstock. And there's kind of an interesting story. The original Woodstock. Yes, the original Woodstock. Or like that. <laughs> right. And he played because I guess the other band had trouble coming in or there was some issue. He ended up playing a set for, I think, like, I think he was pegged to play like an hour. And he ended up playing like two and a half or three hours oh, on wow. stage, which is pretty crazy. Have you seen his set? Like the whole thing? Uh, no, because I, so I have the Woodstock DVD, but they only have, I think two or three songs on there from him Okay. because they couldn't, sadly the Woodstock DVD, I think it's two hours of footage, roughly maybe three. I mean, it was what a three day music festival. Right. And did they ever really stop playing music over those three days? Probably not. Knowing where I know about hippies back then, probably not. Um, but yeah, yeah, that would be like 30 DVDs. Exactly. Um, and the, the cool thing though about Richie Havens and the song freedom is it has a great groove to it. Um, It's one of his biggest hits, and um, actually, you know, enough of my two cents. What are your your two cents, Jared? Well, as you mentioned, you gave me those two options, and me also being a Jimmy fan, when I I, that was the first song I opened, and I was like, I mean, I'll see what this other song is, but I'm sure I'm already going to choose this Jimmy song. I knew the Jimmy song, I know it, uh, but uh, I liked I liked the uh, the acoustic vibe of it. I like how hard he was going on that acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, I like his voice. Um, and it was, uh, it, I was just, uh, I don't know. I, I, it was just, uh, I, I think it would, the acoustic nature of it is, is, is what first attracted me to it and, um, and how he was using the acoustic guitar, which wasn't anything special, but, uh, at least I don't think it was, but, well, um, did, did you watch him play? I sent you the video of him playing it live, right? Yeah. But I don't know enough about guitar to really be able to dive deep into be like, wow, look at how he does this. Okay. Well, well, so I guess what's interesting or special about the way he plays is he usually plays his guitars with open tuning, which means when you strum all the strings, it's a chord. It's automatically a chord. Mm. Um, and so he, I've actually met him, and I've shaken, I shook his hand before. What? Uh, yeah, 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 which is another reason why I wanted to Brilliant. pick this song of the pod. Um, but I, So when I shook his hand, you know, my hands aren't that big. For all of our people on YouTube, you can see. For all mm-hmm. of our listeners out there, they're definitely average size hands they're not tiny little baby hands they're not uh trump size hands but they're you know they're they're no, relaxed normal chance. size <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're normal size hands i would say and his hands were huge like his hands had to have been at least i would guess you know anywhere from like 10 to 12 inches like they were huge giant. like basketball player looking hands. exactly exactly and so because the reason why i mentioned how big his hands and how long his fingers were it has to do with the way he plays his guitar. Damn. Sorry, I just pulled up a picture of his hands, and I'm looking yeah. at them. Yeah, they're very big. Looks like a Harlem Globetrotter. Yeah. And so, and he's a very, he was a very tall and lanky man in general. But mm-hmm. so he would play the guitar with his, with his thumb, his index finger, and his middle finger. Just these three fingers. And he would grip it with his thumb going over the guitar neck and using his other two fingers on the, on the higher strings to do other things. Mm. And so basically... Because he used an open tuning and he played this way, he could just strum really vigorously, which is yes. what gives it that very interesting and cool acoustic sound. That, that nice hardcore vibe to strumming it. is definitely what caught, caught my attention. Right. And I've so, tried to learn this song, and I just can't do it justice because I can't play guitar like that. Right. Not right, with right. the vigorous strumming. Even with an open tuning, my hands are not big enough to do what he does. And what is also really cool, when I saw him play live, 
Um, he had rings and bracelets and a necklace on. And when he was rocking back and forth when he was playing, the, the necklace and the rings and everything were hitting the guitar on a rhythm. And it sounded uh, almost like a little, <laughs> little drum kit almost. It was really cool. Um, and I have to say, well. right. And I have to say he was one of the kindest, most soft-spoken uh, guys I've ever met and um, had such a beautiful voice. Sadly, he passed in 2013. So rest mm-hmm. in peace, Richie Havens. But it is an amazing song. It's titled Freedom. And uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And, I mean, it kind of makes sense. To uh, I mean, whether it was Jimmy or, or Richie Havens or someone else, to if you're looking for a song about freedom, it definitely makes sense to go to the '60s, because that was sort of the beginning of the hippie movement, the beginning of like "Leave Me Alone, Man," mm-hmm. and that was really the uh, I think uh, you know the beginning of not the beginning, but not even the beginning at all. But it was a huge time in civil rights, mm-hmm. and uh, that definitely is a, a makes sense as far as a a time period to go to. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So check it out. Freedom by Richie Havens. We will have the live Freedom at Woodstock 1969 version uh, for all of you on our Twitter, untranslatable one, and on our um, YouTube uh, playlist as well. So check that out. We hope you enjoy. Um, We hope it makes you feel a small slice of freedom. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. leads me to my check word of the pod, which is Svoboda. Freedom. There you go. Very good. See, now this is, okay, mine is Spanish, obviously, my Spanish word of the pod. Uh, Let's see if you know what this means. Libertad. Libertad. Hmm. Liberty or freedom. Uh, Yes. (laughs) That was a tricky one. Parada. Yeah. I like that word, though. And I I had a a feeling that we'd both do the same one, but that's okay. Great minds think alike. And now, hey, our listeners out there know how to say freedom in three different languages. So mm-hmm. there you mm-hmm. go. Or, I mean, if they were playing, paying close enough attention, they know how to say it in four because you didn't mention freedom in German as well. That is true. That is true. Well, Jared, I think it's time for some jokes. Uh, and so here we go. You betcha. So, um, <laughs> so, Jared, why are there no knock-knock jokes about America? Mm. <laughs> well, this seems like it's going to be a dark joke. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking, because once you knock on the door, the people uh, sh- kill, shoot you or something. No, my man. It's because freedom rings, baby. Oh. USA. <laughs> USA. So there you go. Because freedom rings. Um, what kind of tea did the American colonists want? Uh, I don't know. What kind of tea? Liberty. Ah, okay. <laughs> Now we and want my to last spill the one tea. For, uh, and my last one for you, Jared, is what was the most popular dance in 1776? Mm. Crank that soldier boy. Independence. <laughs> uh, I just imagine people in their wooden teeth and powder wigs going, you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh man, it'd be funny too to have it like in like more old school formal English. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Oh, that would be great. Soldier, Soldier boy lad. in this residence. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> oh man. Soldier lad oh. in this residence. Uh, watch me fornicate I, with this hoe. Oh, we're not hoe. <laughs> fornicate with this. Uh, I don't even you know what like you a, would say. Yeah. Um. There's a word for it. With oh, like I'm this, sure there is. Not a scarlet, not a harlot. Or you guys, yeah, harlot. Watch me you can say harlot. With this harlot. 
<laughs> with oh, his wench. That's what I was looking for. Oh, wench. There you go. <laughs> uh, there you go. And all the rappers back then would say, disregard females, acquire currency. Oh, yes. Yes. For sure. For sure. Well, Jared, speaking of uh, iconic quotes, I think it's time for us to wrap up the episode today with a quote. And I think if there's one thing that uh, a trend that I've noticed throughout what we've talked about in terms of countries that are the most free and countries that um, don't have a lot of freedoms and civil, civil liberties is that um, freedom of government, freedom of or politics, freedom of economy and freedom of expression, whether that be sexual orientation, religion, art, music. I would also say you could lump food or culinary into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, are huge, huge, huge aspects of what really it means to be freedom and how other countries and how uh, our listeners out there hopefully can also try to live f- as free of a life as they can. Yeah. And it's, it's a bummer to see all these countries that we talked about, and we didn't talk about all of them, but some of the countries that aren't as free, because um, when, like, I understand the thought process behind these people in charge wanting to keep all the power with them. But I think that it's pretty clear that when your people succeed or when the people that are in your country succeed, it naturally brings everybody up. Like that's that helps everyone. It's not just you're not they're not someone's success is not taking away from your success. It actually probably makes it easier for you to succeed. One, there's a pathway Two, Mm -hmm. there's more money to spread around. There's more spread uh, a little love love to be spread around. I I think that um, the people that are trying to keep. Uh, power within you know the top few people they're doing themselves and obviously their country at a service yeah and i would say that the the root of a lot of that is just pure greed right for sure mm-hmm. and i yeah. think I, I think the the thing about being free is you're free to have and this is what can make it dangerous is you're free to have as much or as little as you can acquire mm-hmm. right whether it be wealth material possessions food um, and things like this, and it, and it can be a double-edged sword in a lot of ways. Um, so, so, so yeah. But um, you know, big kudos to those countries that do allow people to be free, whether that be through expression, politically, economically, in whatever ways possible. So, let us know what freedoms you enjoy, and you can let us know at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Slide into Jared's DMs on Twitter, Untranslatable1. You betcha. And, and let him know what freedoms either you're enjoying or you wish you could be enjoying right now, uh, whether that be an ice-cold beer at a park somewhere or mm-hmm. um, eating ketchup at a school in France, whatever that may be. <laughs> let Jared know. And uh, lastly, please do not forget uh, to give us five-star ratings on iTunes and Stitcher. Pleasure. Give us some feedback on what we could do better what you appreciate on our podcast. And we are always looking for improvements and hoping to make this uh, a better podcast for you. So we thank you very much. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, de cuya me a muchas gracias.